Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issue of climate change. I'm Tian Yu. Climate change affects every corner of the globe, and no country is spared. While developed countries have sufficient funds and capacity to minimize its impacts on themselves, how would less developed nations, who are also the most climate vulnerable, respond to the harsher reality? In today's program, we're going to explore how climate change is affecting the smallest country on the African continent, the Gambia, where vast swaths of coastal areas, especially low-lying ones, are at risk from rising sea levels and increasing storm surges. Our reporter Gao Junya spoke with Janke Touri with the Gambia Radio and Television Services to explore the vulnerabilities facing the country and to look at the strategies this African nation is employing to forge a resilient path forward. First of all, Janke, would you please introduce your country to us? Yes, I came from the Gambia, which is a very small country, uh, West African country for that matter, and it is bounded by um, Senegal with a narrow of um, Atlantic coastline. And then it has a population of two million people that makes it a very small country, and uh, it's known for its um, diverse um, ecosystems. And then around the Central River region, and of course the Gambia economy is heavily dependent on the peanut, like you people call it,、um, production and then export. So basically, that is、um, about my country. <laughs> All right, and as far as I know, you've been hosting your own show on climate change for the、mm-hmm. past two years. And could you please tell us the current climate situation in Gambia? Do you face any challenges related to climate change? Yes, we know the Gambia experiences、um, a Sahelian、um, climate, which is characterized by a long dry season that is from November to May, and then also a short um, wet um, season that is from June to October. Basically, that is what we are experiencing the wet season because it's raining all over in the country. And then the global surface temperatures also keeps、uh, rising despite natural variability as well. So、um, this illustration shows the evolution of the historical record for the Gambia. So the Sahel climate makes the eco region particularly vulnerable to the increase or make more severe windstorms and even floods, droughts, and、uh, coastal erosion as well. We also experience the saltwater intrusion. To say climate change has seriously poised a threat. Or impacts on local communities, and then the Gambia is also classified as the tenth most vulnerable countries to the impacts of sea level rise globally, with the consequences of、um, salinization of coastal areas. And also other sources of drinking water. So basically, pertaining to your question,、uh, climate change is the single biggest health threat facing humanity in the Gambia, and then its impacts are already harming health、um, through air pollution. We all know. We did many stories on that. And then this is extreme weather. The country is currently hot right now, and the、um, forced pressures on mental health and even increased hunger and poor nutrition in in places where people are. Cannot grow or find sufficient food. So basically, in the Gambia, farmers are struggling to adapt to climate change due to poverty, as they cannot afford to buy the required machines to venture into climate smarter 
agriculture. So in fertile land as well, the access to finance to and market are also extremely increased by climate change. So basically, these are the challenges that communities are facing in the country when it comes to climate change. Yes, let's go to the saltwater intrusion you mm-hmm. mentioned specifically. Mm-hmm. Where is this saltwater coming from and how does it affect local communities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, rice growers who solely depend on tidal irrigation from River Gambia have um, encountered uh, low rice production over the past years. So the saline water intrusion has uh, significantly impacted the livelihoods of Gambian rice farmers per se. And this has led to farmers not cultivating their fields anymore in some instances. So consequently, this will reduce production and uh, even productivity, thus having a direct bearing. On the other hand as well, it will cause increase in the importation of food items, so abstract in most developing countries as well. So basically, agriculture will now plays a key role on the livelihoods of uh, generations of poor rural farmers. So climate change is projected to undermine the agricultural production and exert most rice on the livelihoods of many farmers, including Gambia. So rice right now is the main dietary food in the Gambia and River Gambia per se serves as the country's major source of fresh water irrigation. That is what many people use for tidal rice farming. But um, the River Gambia is seriously now affected by this saline water intrusion, which in effect uh, uh, threatens the country's main fresh water source. So this phenomenon is majority blamed it on climate change as a result of sea level rise coupled with the worrying trend of um, increase in temperature and of course um, even decrease in rainfall. Yeah, speaking of the uh, influence on fresh water, does it also influence people's drinking water? Yeah, for example, in my mom's village, when I go there, there was a day I realized that even their well is affected by the sea. I mean, it's kind of like salty. So when I asked, they were like, because there's too much of salt in the in the water, sea level is high. So therefore, it will affect this one. And that is why anytime I'm traveling there, I have to go along with my bottle of water because I hardly drink their water because it's all tasty. So it affects them as well. All right. As far as you can recall, what has been the worst climate-related incident you've witnessed so far? And what were its consequences? Yeah, very interesting. Um, Let's say between uh, 2nd to uh, 7th July 2021, a heavy windstorm hit all seven regions of the Gambia. That means no one is left behind. So we are all affected. And then, of course, uh, this has affected more than 200 communities in the country alone. And this um, natural disaster was responsible for tremendous infrastructural destructions, injury, and even loss of life and uh, economic damages. So more losses and uh, to food stocks have been recorded as well with some um, farmers experiencing erratic uh, rainfalls requiring increasing preparedness by the government and even partners related to food security yeah i think based on what you've said mm-hmm. can i assume that the extreme weather events are happening more frequently in almost Gambia? every year almost every year And this year alone, before traveling to China, I think we recorded some floods. When the rain started, 
just immediately that the, at the beginning of the rain it floods so if that continues at the beginning of the rain raining season so what can we expect at the end so it will be disaster Ooh, 39.1 degrees celsius don't worry you'll be just fine after a shot in some pose when we have a high fever we should go see a doctor for medical treatment when Mother Earth is running a high fever. Extensively on the heat waves that have hit large Greece is bracing for its longest heat wave Climate on record. Change. Terrifying. Just like us, she reaches out for help. What can we do to make her feel better? Hey, I brought my own water bottle. I brought a reusable bag. Bring your own water bottle in place of disposable tableware. Don't use a plastic bag. It's too hot. Let's get a car. No, we can get there in just 10 minutes by bike. Walk or ride a bicycle instead of driving for short distances. Oh wow, is your phone broken? Why don't you get a new one? It's okay. I'll get it fixed and can still use it. Repair items whenever possible instead of replacing them with new ones. Don't bother printing out the meeting proposal. I've set up a shared online document for it. Build a paper-free working environment instead of printing everything out. The era of global warming has ended. Effects from global warming are recurring much more frequently than in the past. The era of global boiling has arrived. Mother Earth has a fever, and we cannot withstand the consequences. Take prompt actions to reduce, reuse, and recycle. The Gambia is the smallest country on the African continent, where it's bordered by Senegal on all sides except for its western coast on the Atlantic Ocean. Spanning an area of 11,000 square kilometers, the Gambia is home to 2.5 million people. Recently, a number of developed countries have been seen reneging on their commitments to tackle climate change. But developing countries like the Gambia, seeing the danger that's lurking, have decided to take effective measures. Despite its small carbon footprint, the country is actively working to further reduce carbon emissions. And China has stepped in to assist this primarily agricultural nation in adopting new technologies to enhance its climate resilience. Gao Jingya continues her discussion with Zhang Kei Ture to find out more. Gambia has a small carbon footprint, yet Gambia is doing its fair share to reduce carbon emissions like changing the ways it cultivates rice and how it manages the livestock that accounts for 11% of its emissions. Tell us more about those efforts. Yeah, the Gambia is uh, responsible for just um, 0.05% of the world's emissions, if you go by record. So it plans to reduce this emission through a range of activities. Part of the activities include the introduction of agroforestry. It is currently taking place in the Gambia. So, and then, of course, um, improved soil management using solar and wind energy for rural electrification. Of course, um, we also have the reducing uh, power loss during transmissions as well, and the recovery gases from landfills and even composting waste. So under the United Nations Framework uh, Convention on Climate Change, we are invited rather to submit an intended nationally determined 
farming contributions, that is INDC, setting out what they will do to combat global warming. So in advance uh, of the Paris climate talk. So key highlights from the NDC is the Gambia extended the sectoral uh, coverage to, to include all the greenhouse gas emissions. And these include the forestry and waste. So it was also included. The adaptation sector was also strengthened, including for the vulnerability analysis. And then which is envisage uh, adaptation action and uh, financial needs. So this is all geared towards um, achieving the zero emission by 2050 in the Gambia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe Gambia deserves a big applause for sure. determination and actions. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. yeah. And what additional actions and measures do you expect the government to do in terms of building resilience against climate change? I think there should be a climate action that can foster peace and stability. What I expect from the government is to invest more and more on renewable energy and better forestry management and even sustainable agriculture. We know Gambia is a small country with many people living in rural areas which um, many engage in deforestation. Most of the times when I travel to the up countries, the only thing I realize is that people are just continuously um, chopping down trees producing charcoal and firewood out of it. We are losing our forest cover. So I think afforestation should also be promoted as well. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, you are closely engaged with climate-related issues. And what personal actions have you been taking to contribute to environmental <laughs> protection? Well, uh, as a journalist, I mostly focused on sensitizations and uh, to write anything that I think will be kind of like a threat to our health and then the environment. And also talking to environmental officials to enlighten the public on the dangers and even realities of climate change. Because not many people, if you go to the remote areas, you talk to them about climate change and so on. They will not even listen to you. Because um, even though they are affected, but the awareness creation is lacking. So that is um, what I always do. Also talking about um, environmental issues, a successful one that I did was to write a report on the tone of plastic bags in the country. And then that was a very good report because our former president, that is Yahya Jame, he placed um, a ban on the use and importation of plastic bags in the 2015, meaning that no plastic bags should even come to the Gambia. We should not use it because um, of the way it affects us. If you go to the environment, everywhere is dirty, you know, and then people will just put um, cooking oil or vegetable oil in a plastic bag because normally we use that when you go to the shop you buy it and then you just put it in a plastic bag and instead of opening it gently we just place it on the cooking pots like that and everything will melt together with the cooking pot and according to my research on that story those plastics can even cause cancer so that even forced me to do that report and it was a nice report and right now our national environment agency right now on an enforcement to arrest people who are dealing with plastic bags who are selling it secretly and then even the businessmen who are trying to bring in the plastic bags in the country so i think that too um, is a positive one and of course i 
me and my friends like we loved planting trees so even at the beaches beach sides and so on so mostly during weekend we go around to plant coconut trees but the ones that i love to plant is called umbrella trees and anytime i planted that i named them after myself <laughs> yeah so basically those are my contributions though have you kept kept a record like how many trees have you planted so far uh not really but i know it's more than 10 wow, <laughs> yeah it's more than 10 yeah because when going we go with our, our association and then to various communities and uh, some will even contact us look we have seedlings and so on you guys can come and collect it and then we'll go there and then we do a survey which communities lack trees and so on then we'll just visit that community and then we plant the trees there yeah but one key thing that we are we are facing is um sustainability of those trees because um when i travel just to have a look at those trees and see how far they they have grown i realized that even 80% of them are dead so or maybe kids um remove them there or something like that but i think 80% of them in the i mean rural areas like 80% of those trees that we planted are gone so it's another thing or another step that i wanted to take to reach out to those people to enlighten them more about the significance of trees yeah <laughs> yeah you have to enlighten the local communities mm-hmm. sure yeah. and what other supports do you expect from international community to provide to gambia in addressing climate challenges the country right now needs finance to be able to carry out any other activities that we wanted to do because um you cannot just get up and embark on a journey or do something without finance and that is one thing that our government is crying out to to international donors so i think right now finance is key let them help gambia in their fight towards uh, mitigating the impact of climate change because we are still developing So it is I can say not even the poorest country though but we are we are trying our level best and we cannot do that without without finance. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What about technologies? Yes, it is one thing that I think the Chinese government really tried because even our agricultural sector um they brought many experts in the areas of rice production to teach our local farmers on how to go with their agricultural farming activities or agricultural productivity especially rice production so they're trying to introduce new technologies that the chinese are doing in terms of rice production so i think that too is very important so the rice introduced by the chinese experts they have higher production yeah yeah because mm-hmm. one like uh, the narika for that rice it's kind of like amazing because farmers harvest it every every 3 months so imagine if you have a big plot of land and you are harvesting rice every 3 months and rice is our staple food so i mean we will no more face hunger in the gambia so i think those type of varieties are very good and then um for the people's republic of china we have this cordial relationship and then they are helping us in every way that um they they think they can especially at the agricultural side yeah so they really trying and then even training our officials as well to become farmers or even training of trainers as well so we've witnessed all of that so i think they are really trying hard Mm-hmm. And from your personal perspectives, what messages would you like to convey to individuals, organizations and countries to encourage collective efforts in addressing climate change? Yeah, um I just want to let uh, everyone know that uh, climate change is real. 
it's not leaving anyone behind. The global temperature is rising, we all know, and then the ocean is also um, getting warmer. So the ice sheets shrinking. So uh, let's try and reduce the carbon pollution that we, we use every day. The climate emergency demands actions from all of us. For that, we need to get um, to, to net zero greenhouse gas emissions. That is uh, what the Gambia is right now focusing on. And uh, that is uh, by 2050. And uh, everyone has a role to play, I believe. So if we join our hands together, I think we will mitigate the impact of climate change. So let us work harder and make sure that um, our agendas are met, our objectives are met. And then together, I think we can uh, mitigate the impact of climate change. So that is my message. That was Gao Jingya speaking with Jiang Keitori, a journalist with the Gambia Radio and Television Services. Subscribe to Climate Watch on major podcast platforms and be part of the expedition that can shape the destiny of our world. Let's now follow Guo Yan to take a look at the extreme weather events that have hit parts of the globe over the past week. In North America, Southern California has been hit by its first tropical storm in 84 years. Storm Hillary has brought heavy rains and high winds that triggered flash floods and mudslides. So far, it has killed one person as it swept through Mexico. Parts of Canada remain under a state of emergency as more than a thousand wildfires continue to burn across the country, leading to the evacuation of over 30,000 people. In Europe, a wildfire in Greece has damaged a UNESCO World Heritage Site. One of the oldest buildings at the 10th century Hosio Lucas Monastery has been damaged by the blaze. Italy is in the grip of its third major heat wave of this summer as the hottest two-year period on record continues to scorch the country. It's estimated that the ongoing intensive heat waves and extreme weather will cost Italian farmers at least 6.5 billion U.S. dollars. In Oceania, an Australian study has blamed an atmospheric flow over the Pacific Ocean caused by human activities for longer El Nino and La Nina events. Researchers say the length of time it takes for the Pacific Walker circulation, a major influence on global weather, to switch between El Nino and La Nina phases, has slowed. This means multi-year El Nino and La Nina events could become more common as a result of the slower circulation. And finally, some good news from the world's top two greenhouse gas emitters, as the climate envoys of China and the United States have held a virtual meeting to discuss the two countries' dialogue and cooperation to combat climate change. Xie Zhenhua and John Kerry have agreed to maintain close communication on the matter. Through today's program, we've got a glimpse of the stark realities of climate change in the Gambia. Yes, measures are being taken to mitigate its impacts, but much more needs to be done to enhance resilience and combat global warming. Remember, the fight against climate change is a collective endeavor, transcending borders and individual backgrounds. The story we've heard today serves as a reminder that our actions, no matter how small, contribute to a larger global effort. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. To listen to this episode and to catch up on our previous episodes, 
You can subscribe to Climate Watch on major podcast platforms. You can also contact us via audio newsroom at cgtn.com. Together, let's make a difference.